Hello, friends. Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with Generalissimo of Getting It On, Chris mm. Prunty, along with our continued special guest, Daniel Quinn. Gentlemen, good to have you with us today. On today's episode, we continue on with our second part of the deep dive into the Path of Thorns, where we discuss the geography, points of interest, and we do a world-building jam to create a dungeon within the Path of Thorns itself. So, gentlemen, uh, I, considering where we stopped off last time, where do you want to start today? I think... Uh... Going into the geography of generally, we were talking about it being a wide open area. Uh, is that is that what you're seeing? I had an idea of a lot of plains, a lot of forests, um, and and I think some some mountainous canyons and one. I I definitely have the idea that this place is landlocked, uh, the, and it is they're they're not ocean going people for the most part. You know, no, no. I, I if anything, the. Uh... Dothraki Sea, just oceans of grass, if anything. Uh, something like that. More trees, though. No yeah. floating cities, I'm guessing, because we don't like them. Yeah, no. Floating no, cities no floating are cities. <laughs> Although, for a moment, we we almost had mobile cities. Like that Mortal Engines, a terrible movie. Uh, almost. Remember? Never saw that movie. I'm, I'm, I'm you good. almost added those. I was going to help you. I was going to back you. I see, I see yeah. where you were going with it. No, I just, wanted, I just wanted a little caravan. That's fine. Caravans are fine. And caravans are fully supported. Like, let's be real. Uh, but in terms of geography, yeah, that is the major idea that I had in mind. Um, in particular, we are going to be going over major geographical locations as well. Uh, what were some of yours? I'm just picturing an incredibly long, flat area, kind of like uh, that is just fields of grain and corn and other things. And there's just nothing out there. Like, this is where the bounty com- This is the breadbasket. Yes. I, I had a, a similar area in mind as well. Something like the uh, like High Garden, essentially. Yeah. You know, this is where a lot of the food comes from. And they have to produce a lot of food in order to support the amount of people that they're actually, you know, supporting. Ooh, could, could those fields, could underneath them be the the remnants of whatever the slavers that owned them in the past? Like that makes the land fertile and that's why all that food is growing there. Mm-hmm. So I actually uh, you have something for that. I have something very, very related. Okay. It's it's my point of interest. Okay. So I'm I'm going to put a pin on that cool. for now. Yeah, Daniel, what did you have for your geography thing? I had in mind uh, these gorges, uh, which could be called like the gorges of games or something similar. It sounds a little unwieldy. The scars of the earth. Something less violent, perhaps. <laughs> but but there, are the, there are these places where there's like lots of flowing waters where different um, cultures inside of the Path of Thorns get together to throw like a massive uh, set of games. Um, and maybe it happens like once a century or maybe it happens once a generation. So everyone gets together and they all participate in these games and it's a big like community event. That's really fun. So the, I imagine that the gorges themselves are like just kind of a sacred area or something like that. They're real well maintained and respected. Yeah. yeah. Now that I'm, now that I'm bringing it up because my point of interest is also kind of similarly, uh, a gorge of some kind. I think that we should add the fact that it is. Lots of lots of forest, lots of beautiful fields, and then 
massive gorges that are just yeah. like carved out as though like a giant beast just kind of came by and scraped its yeah. claws down the center of this or, or down the like earth. The river claws, like you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's not just rivers, but it's also just like, just gorges like yeah. that you're, that we're talking about. Have you, um, I, how big do you imagine these gorges being exactly? Oh, since it's fantasy, I'm just, they should be enormous, like ridiculously big. I'm thinking like, you know, like Martian mountain kind of sizes. Cause we can go crazy. Uh, See, I was, know. I was thinking like Nordic fjords, like that oh. type of deep and humbling. Yeah. yeah because yeah, that's what I mean, because yeah. I actually think that adding in, adding in a geographical reason for you to feel humbled mm-hmm. and part of a community is like, looking up at these massive things that are so much larger like dwarf than yourself. the sky, you know, like when you're down there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or it's, or it's like, Oh, the time changes because of how deep you are. Yes, essentially. That's that what I, yeah. I want something crazy like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, having hiked a lot of those fjords, man, that is serious. And you do feel so tiny mm-hmm. and so small and so humbled by the earth. It's kind of, I've, I've never been to the grand Canyon, but I imagine that when you look out into that vastness, it's kind of like that sense of, Oh, I'm tiny. It's kind of like how, uh, you know, astrologers now look out into the giant gaping maw of the universe and be like, Oh, we're nothing but dust. You know, that by astrologers, you mean astronomers. I do mean astronomers. (laughs) I wasn't sure if you were being facetious. Uh, Yeah, no, I was talking about the people who do a lot of drugs and then astral project (laughs) themselves out into the universe. Yeah. I, I apologize, astronomers. So, uh, so the area that I had was kind of based on the flat plain that is just filled with grass, but I wanted it to be something that, due to the fact that they had made into this iron-like consistency, that it was like the razor fields, and it's oh. the fact that it, while it is just as flexible glass, uh, like uh, fine grains of grass it's kind of like walking through shards of glass. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, for my, I'm just going to go into my point of interest yeah. because that is very similar to what I have where it is the, uh, sea of iron where it is. So when, when they were initially overthrowing the tyrant that subjugated their people, the leaders of the path of thorns had smashed the armies of the old tyrants and they looked at each other and they're like, all right, we have to do a divine coalescence. Otherwise we're just going to get destroyed and wiped out by the path of thorns. And so in a forced and coerced divine coalescence, they fucked up the ritual obviously and created this massive beast that's fueled by hate and rage and is immortal and is basically just ate everything in sight was completely like just absolutely demolished everything. And thus we had a trio of God pacted from the path of thorns become the heroes by leading this massive beast into a Canyon filled with brambles and using their God pacted ability to explosively grow the brambles and turn them into a steel substance. Essentially you're creating this massive, pit of thorns that this thing is still alive in this gorge somewhere it's and it's trapped because it it's not going to die. It's, it cannot die, but it can be contained. And thus it has been, okay, you have to make sure that bam, the brambles are grown around it. It's caught up in its hide and it's 
you know, whether it be fur or, you know, some kind of chitin or whatever it may be, this thing is essentially, they use their ability to bury it in a sea of bramble. And that area is completely unusable now. And that is also a testament to tyranny and the idea that the path of thorns can contain and thematically, obviously, uh, overcome something that is otherwise just completely, completely awful. That's like so super cool. Like I feel like it, it thematically makes sense, but it also literally is doing what the the theme is talking about. Yeah, and yeah. and the the reason I wanted to do, and the other thing I didn't want them to be able to kill it mm-hmm. because I want to never really kill Tyranny. Right, and also because there's the idea that I wanted them to outsmart this thing rather than just be like, hey, we're good warriors and we killed it. They didn't need to. They outsmarted it. And that is, again, how you overcome tyranny and evil, essentially, is you don't fight fascism with more fascism. You fight fascism with kindness and overall just being a better ideology. Well, they innovated, essentially. Yes, exactly, exactly. So that's my point of interest. Uh, What do you guys have? Or do you have questions? I mean, I have some questions. My point of interest was kind of too similar, I'm sure. Okay. Well, what was it? It was really just going to be uh, the invasive uh, area of called the like uh, glass field. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. It, so, it was going to be geographic, but I also wanted it to be a landmark kind of thing. Sometimes they intertwine. I mean, maybe, it, maybe we can merge them. So like if there's this creature that's kind of bound in the brambles, you know, maybe the conflict that led to that final moment, there's it's surrounded by these fields of glass and ruin. From the previous civilization. That's actually a really good idea. You know, you know like to get to it, it takes work. Yeah. That's oh. essentially where it started, right? Mm-hmm. And then they had to, they, they started with the field of glass. Yeah. And then dragged it into, into this. The pit. Yeah. yeah. Well, so not like, dragged, but, you know, tricked yeah. it in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Daniel, what did you have? Um, so mine is related to death. Um, Lovely. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's called the, the gyre. And it's this immense pit that's deep. Maybe it's deep within a forest or it's deep in the middle of a field that's difficult to get to. Or it's maybe at the top of a, of a peak. Um, and it's full of like thorns and underbrush and foliage. And it's where followers of the Path of Thorns go to die. So like they go to that pit and they give their bodies back to the earth by falling into it. Oh. So either it's either either at, they know they're at the end of their life and it's, you know, it's the final step forward for, for life through the pit or, um, you know, it's, it's, they, they know they, they maybe they have a terminal illness and they have to, they, they've given up. So they're going to go through the pit. Basically like this gyre is where everyone comes back together again at the end of their lives. That's actually really fascinating because it's also like symbolically your last act of giving back to, you know, the land. Yeah. You know, like again, going, going back to community and roots mm-hmm. and everything like that. It's a full circle. Yeah. It, it's, it's a full circle. It's just one big pit, though. It's a giant gyre. Like it's called a gyre, maybe because it's like it's a pit, but it like it's like a swirl too. It's like a vortex, but it's a, it's a big pit. No, I know what I know what. Yeah, and so is, nobody yeah. knows how far down it goes, but it's an enormous pit. See, okay, that's a cool idea, and I appreciate it. But here's where my brain goes: is he just a massive bone serpent rising from the depths? <laughs> it's like. Oh, you know, that's where we normally got rid of our dead. But now it's like, hey, guess what, motherfucker? You know, it's like, oh, no, it's just been collecting evil 
and now it's a giant, you know, it's like Nito from Dark Souls. I it's think a of it as like sacred. So like maybe because like the things that go down into it and some of them, a lot of them will be Spriggan, right? Like they're turned back into the earth. So people don't view it as like an evil place, but more like a, a, a sacred place or a place, place of peace. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying it's evil. I'm <laughs> but just it like, could that's, be used for that purpose. That's, no, that's where my brain goes 100% <laughs> yes. of the time. Obviously, the psionic quills will come. Oh. and <laughs> No, no. You know what's going to happen to that pit, right? Yeah. The apotheosis is going to come. Yes. And where do, where do they start with a bunch of giant evil necromancers? It's like. Oh, I'm so glad that you've already collected our giant army for us. Yeah. So much time. Exactly. It's a bone cannon. It's going to be like, just shoot them out. Just shooting up. Out <laughs> Armies of, the- of dead Spriggan. Oh know? my God. Giant. They can, then they can become giant and they're undead. It's going to be great. Daniel, why do you do this? <laughs> this is because I love democracy. Oh my God. Yep. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I do think now in our last episode, I know that we talked about the idea that cities are less of a thing or, or, not so much less of a thing, but they're not like as grand as you might think of something like from the bank of death, for example, or even the caliphate. But what I did want to talk about, because there is this idea of a capital, right? Of a grand particular city. And I did want to talk a little bit more about what that might look like or what those areas might look like. Cause the idea that I had is that this is not a particular individual area that is the capital. It's, the city where everything happens from, but maybe it's a collective of sites that are, Hey, this is an area that's important. And then we're going to go here and important things happen. And then up North, there's a similar place that we can go to. And that is important as well. That kind of idea. What did you, what did you, what do you think about that? Uh, I also do kind of see it as like an area where people travel to and also kind of set up kind of satellite kind of communities. That's yeah, that's not a bad idea. One of the, one of the major things that I did want to make sure is that there's some kind of an amphitheater or some kind of a, an idea that there's a pulpit of some kind where you can go and it's essentially the Senate right from uh, Rome or, or something like that uh, where, you know, if you're going to give a lot of these public speeches and, mm have a lot of intense political debates, you want something that's going to project, right? That's the idea. And these spaces are temporary, essentially. No, these are fixed spaces. Oh, okay, I see. So that, so that's why like people gather around these okay. spaces in general. They're known right? spaces, yeah. Ex- exactly, okay. exactly right. Yeah. No, I think it ties back into the idea of like giving everyone a voice, like a kind of an equal voice. So it gives an environment for the voice, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. So how would you say people move between... The parts of the capital. Well, when when you talk about a capital, I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with the idea that there is a capital per se, but there are political hotspots essentially where things get together. And it's like it is known that this area, regardless of where you are, it's kind of like a capital building, right? Mm-hmm. Where okay, there's no White House in every state of the United States, but there's like a governor's mansion essentially. But in this case, I want it to be something like there's a set of standing stones or something that is a monument to, you know, 
the collective of the Path of Thorns. So it's, it's like when Chris was saying that their buildings um, are collectively used. These are collectively used kind of like political space structures. Yeah. I see now. Exactly. Okay, I get it now. Exactly right. Right. And every every major area, whether it's like a city or a town, they all have some, some structure devoted to this. Hold on. I got an idea. Mm-hmm. Why don't we make libraries the the point where because i mean libraries are shared knowledge mm-hmm. right why not make them the sh- the main political focus of whatever area they're in because it's hey we're sharing knowledge and it's also an area that's nec- you know can be quiet or at least kind of reserved in a lot of ways so it makes sense if you want to have a debate if you want to have a, a gathering of people to have discussions it makes sense to have them be there in a sense right yeah, it's got that Greek feel to it, too, where the center of kind of um, political thought has something to do with art, you know? Yeah, not only that, but OK, so so thinking about the because I do want to one thing that Chris brought up was the idea that there's like an open air feeling to a lot of this. And I do want to keep that with the library. Yeah. So how do we keep an open air library idea? Well, a library could be um, the structure of it could be beneath the earth, but. Maybe the the act their place where people gather is an open space. So like maybe where you come out of the the vaults of the library to read together and to talk together, but you can go down these vaults to get all the information. Okay. Yeah, it, I can. It can also kind of be set up in that area of uh, open floor plan kind of thing because the top floor can also be where people who are, are retired but experts. Oh yeah. They can lecture and they're do literally there. the books. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's like a shared experience type thing. That's really brilliant. I like that a lot. And, and it could be more than a library. It could also be a museum of sorts. You know, if we're talking about the shared the information, town, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like their art could also be stored there for that area. And I love the idea of people libraries mm-hmm. because again, yeah. it goes back to community and shared knowledge. Yeah. And you know what? What better? And not only that, but you're building roots within your community by. I, I come back to the same person. I have lunch with them every day and they tell me a little bit more about their lives. And maybe they live those people that have retired, quote unquote, to be knowledge founds. They live in these libraries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's yeah. how they can give the most yeah. to the community right By now. By staying there. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's someone who was just a, a manual like laborer and does not have yeah. some sort of expertise like chemistry or something, he can still pass on knowledge as far as like, how to do manual labor. Like yeah. that's a skill, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I have a problem in. This is not meant to be such an easy transition, but how do you do dungeons when there's not a physical, like, big area? Like, if they don't have something that's somewhat constant, everything's shared. Dungeons are inherently, like, sequestered away and, like, separated. Random battles. I was I was thinking more of like these are the ruins from the old empires that they've taken over. You know, like really have it be a i mean a russian vault style you know where it's or a bunker type thing where it's this is where the last vestiges of tyranny once stood that type of thing uh but it could be like a bunch of star destroyers underneath yeah that have been under the ground and they each have a death star can we just stop talking about star wars never i will never give it up never Oh <laughs> no, but the other thing I was interested in too, but so you mentioned the it makes sense that the previous empire would have had 
these horrible places, right, that are remnants. But I also wonder what's the, the essentially the dark side of the Path of Thorns. Like, what is the dangerous aspect of this? Because there's we want to have an impulse to the places is somewhat utopian, but there's got to be some disadvantage. So what is that? And I imagine the dungeons are connected in some way to that. I would also imagine that it's it's not an easy life to live, no. right? Because it's a matter of you're constantly striving and constantly trying to provide for mm-hmm. others uh, others and yourself. And you're also trying to, because again, there's, I would also imagine that there is less of a physical danger and more of an ideological danger mm-hmm. when it comes to this place, because not only are you, because I mean, I guess part of it is right. Like once you're all you're focused on is getting your, your job done essentially mm-hmm. Where does your soul go? Well, you're giving too much, right? right. So that's the danger then. Right. It's, like, it's a matter of you lose yourself to the collective. Yes. And there's no ambition necessarily, even though there is, but it's a matter of, well, I'm an artist. Where does that fit in? Yes, I found my place, but if I'm accepted and there's no struggle, what's the point? There's an ambivalence to it almost. So if we take that like from a metaphorical and turn it into like a literal fantasy construct, like what if to go back to Chris's point too, like what if there are open spaces into which you can wander and you lose yourself and that becomes a dungeon? Like a physical representation of the place of where you would lose yourself. Yeah. Like are those places are out in the open and you can wander into them. You know, I don't want to go back to the shard too much, but something along the lines of it not being buried. Why not? Why not just have it be, I mean, if we want to go back to, you know, the, the mythological or even like the folklore, have it be the forest. Yes. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's a space you think you can trust and your ideology matches up with it. But when you go too far, yeah, oh, that's actually yeah, yeah, and and that we can wrap that back to geography where, you know, like you have vast fields of plain, but you go too far and all of a sudden you're lost amongst you know the endlessness of it all. Yeah, and you know you know the outskirts of the forest, but when you go too far, too you tend yeah you go mm-hmm. too deep, mm-hmm. and you lose yourself right. among the collective that is the tree. Yeah, uh, you lose yeah. your own identity even. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. actually. That's actually a pretty brilliant way to, you know, put forth the, the sim, you know, the symbolic uh, trappings of the ideology. That's right. fascinating. Not only that, but I imagine that like what would happen then is kind of a perversion of giving yourself back to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So You've it's lost your identity, you know, <laughs> you lose your identity. And also, oh, there's so many ideas that I can go that, that I'm thinking of. So one, you either turn your you get transformed into a doppelganger of some kind, some kind of a faceless monster who needs to steal other people's identities because they've lost their own. Alternatively, Mm -hmm. it could be, you are literally absorbed into nature itself. You are a, 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 a sylvan Like an annihilation right? where they kind of start merging with their environment. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. horrifying. Mm-hmm. Especially fungus. That's the kind of dark side I wanted. Yeah, especially yeah. Oh my God, before the folklore. Yeah. Yeah. No, Daniel, that, that's actually a really brilliant way to kind of introduce the idea of... Cause, because, again, if we're doing this, I want to be smart about it. I want it to be thematic, and I want it to be like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. That, that's brilliant. That's a great idea, dude. I mean, this, I mean, it comes from what you guys just said. I was just trying to piece it no, together. No, no, but yeah, like, yeah. no, but like... Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of creating cohesion mm-hmm. and putting that together. That's really brilliant. I'm cracking my foot. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, oh, man. Okay. 
So with that, you you did bring up dungeons and whatnot. So let's go ahead and go to the world build jam where we get to create a dungeon live on air. Well, not live and not on air. So, (laughs) you know, whatever. It's fine. None of those words are accurate, but you know. Yeah. If you if you've listened to us do this before, then you know what's going on. But but they are words. They are words. Yeah. And we are going to do it right now with very minimal editing unless Chris says something again. But you know what? God damn it! Leave Chris alone. Okay, with all of that really intelligent talk, we now get to just devolve into gibbering mouthers and try and come up with a theme and all that. So unspeakable horror. Yeah, we can only hope, right? So, and this is the thing: dungeons, right? As much as you want them to be an extension of the theme of the nation state, makes just as much sense when they are aberrations or when they're outsiders compared to the theme, because that makes the invasiveness of the dungeon stick out even more. I mean, dungeons are traps in the end, like thematically, right? Yeah. So they're traps of the ideology, like you said before. Yes. So let's go ahead. We've got eight themes, madness, sacrifice, love, metamorphosis, pride and honor, the unspeakable triumph and hope. And then once we create, we've got the dungeon, we've got the setting, we've got all that. So we're going to create a dungeon surrounding a theme. And then once we're a little bit through that, we're going to go and throw in a twist to fuck it all up. And let's see how it goes. First things first. We've got the unspeakable. Oh, Chris with the called shot. Okay. So with the unspeakable. The unspeakable often means something like uh, cosmic horror. Right. That's where my brain goes. When or I, a shameful secret. Right. That's actually what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something like a genocide oh. or or something along those lines. Um, I mean, this is more of a point of history, but my idea comes from what if and not to take away from your good rebellion, your your goody two shoes, all, all of this. <laughs> but what if. What if one of the shameful secrets was the fact that the Path of Thorns purposely instigated things to start the spark that began the revolution? Imagine if, like, uh, they the person who fired the first shot was a Spriggany, uh, was a Path of Thorns agent that then fired into the crowd of his compatriots. But that then ensued into the revolution. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So the idea that the the conflict came from within, and they, I mean, at the end of the day, like they had good reasons, yeah, right, yeah, like all of the good that it does, and that mm-hmm. is exactly what they tell themselves. But in the in the truth, it's also the fact oh. this is a lie. Maybe to follow on that, maybe whatever plan they put in motion led to massive deaths in that first revolution. But if it was instigated by them, it's on them then, yeah. essentially. Like uh, I'm not sure if you. Deep Space Nine, yeah. Garrick, and uh, yes, that, exactly. Like how yeah. it, it's effectively a fake the, terrorist plot. The in bigger order. vision in his yeah, mind. Just like, yeah, just like, and the worst thing is, I would do it all again. Right. The idea that I had in mind when you're when you're talking about this is, it's not just a matter of, um, you know, like oh, they they instigated this plot to kind of spark a rebellion, but I like to think of it that they, they didn't know that the enemy was going to go as far as they actually do. Right. So they thought, Oh, they, they'd kill a couple of people and you'd be mm-hmm. able to rabble, you know, like rally more people to our cause. But what ended up happening is something truly unspeakable yeah. in the massacre of an entire people. Yeah. 
you know, maybe, maybe instead of, because originally it was a coalescence between two different gods. Mm -hmm. Maybe what ended up happening is the total annihilation of a third God that was supposed to be part of this coalition and their people were just wiped out their God heart destroyed. And with that, you know, like genocide ended up being like, yeah, this is what, this is the unspeakable act. And there is an incredible amount of guilt among the other two that is passed down to let people know, like, don't do this. Make sure that what you do is pure and, and, and good. I'm always thinking of ways to take what you just said, like thematically and make it literal, right? Because fantasy tends to like show it to you, the thing that you're feeling. So what take that, that third culture that was totally wiped out genocide, genocidally destroyed their God heart was not only broken, but ground to dust. And now it blankets the forest that, that deep out forest Mm -hmm. where when you wander into that forest, you breathe it in and that's what turns you into those horrific kind of like doppelgangers or merged things. You're breathing in the perpetually falling ashes of that God heart. Damn. So this iron forest and everything is playing two roles. One, it's a horrible place to go into, but also the reason that they're fine with keeping it around is because they're like, with any luck, people will forget that there was ever even a town there. Mm Mm-hmm. It is a testament to their ever living shame yep. and guilt. And yeah, I mean, fuck it. That's, that's pretty brilliant. And I imagine that they like, they've grown a deeper forest around it to try and cover it up it. Yeah. and hide what happened. And it's like, no, when you go in there and you, f- you feel it on your body yeah, because the God heart can never go away fully. Ooh. <laughs> oh man. All right. Now let's throw in a twist and fuck it all up. That's a great idea. It's a romance. <laughs> Wasn't one of these? It was all robots. Cause that, <laughs> yes, I don't want to do a, one. I don't want to do a called shot for that one for this. <laughs> do it was all robots. Aliens did it. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and see what we got. Cocked. <laughs> all right, so what did we roll? I rolled a fifteen, which says. Okay, now go super dark oh, with it. Oh, God. Okay, so like if, if breathing like in the already... genocide of... Uh... How do we go darker? Uh, yeah. yeah, I was like... How, how we, do we go to vellum black? We Yeah, how do we go to that black that that guy isn't allowed to Fanta buy black. anymore? No, no, the, the darker one. Oh, oh. If in their history they constantly remark the fact that it just like they instigated it, they were the ones who fired the first shot, mm-hmm. and this is why tyrants around the world have to die. And it's just like if someone finds out, it undermines our entire message. Mm. So it's a threat to the whole idea. Oh, I still believe they're good, and yeah. I the ends do justify the means, but at least in this regard. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's let's go even darker with it. There are agents. There is a separate sect of the path of thorns that prevents that knowledge of ever leaking out. So to go really dark, even darker than the darkest of darks, how can you get more black than that to, to quote uh, spinal tap? These people, all they do is make sure that whoever discovers this die or become the monster yes. that they should be. And in a way, they are patriots. They're patriots. Like, just like, 
We recruit from around our nation only the most patriotic and the most civic-minded people because we have to do the terrible deed. And they have deed. to believe in that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is that is really dark and depressing. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that we get to end on a depressing note for yeah, the Path of Thorns. Chris, do you remember in the, the Shitty New Picard show... The, the the section thirty one no well so there's like the Talshiar but there's like the more secret Talshiar oh the Oshkosh Bagosh whatever the hell they were called <laughs> like that's essentially what this is I hate when they do anything that goes beyond like once you introduce your secret organization yeah, they're the super super them, secret yeah it's kind of like it's just like hey you know who he- who heads the CIA the Illuminati the super CIA and then once the no and once you have the Illuminati you yeah. then go Where just go? like yeah. <laughs> And then they're ruled by the lizard people. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. all right, it's just absurd now. It's dumb. Fear the sky. I, honestly, I, I actually needed that. I really needed that to get out of that super dark place that we were just in. So that's uh, it's kind of nice. Yeah, let's let's hug up. Yeah. Uh, any Anything else that we want to go with for the Path of Thorns? I want to play the super sleeper agent characters. Sure. No. I, I also... Maybe I mean, Cutter's a super sleeper agent. Hey, there you go. Oh, no, that's hey. Ashen Board. Damn it. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, you are the cutest of Borg. Yes. I always think. Apparently, the Romulans cutest. made the Borg in this terrible show. That doesn't make any it's fucking so sense. It's so fucking stupid. I can't even handle it. And that'll about do it for this episode <laughs> of World Build with us. Uh, I have been Rob Hilferty here with Chris Prunty and Daniel Quinn. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and send us an email to at World Build with us. Or you can send us some kind of an electronic message through the Twitters at Let's World Build. And until next time, remember that we love you very much and you have a great week.